Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. And welcome back, I should say, hockey fans, to another episode of, of MNCAA. It's episode number 88 here on the Soda Pod. I am your host, Nick Max, and joining me for the Big Ten segment this uh, week around is Drew Cove. Nate Wells, not available this uh, this Sunday afternoon. He had some other family-type duties to attend to. Um, Drew, before we get into you know some of the more pressing college hockey news, I think, we, I think it is appropriate to at least start um, this week's episode in whole by uh, mentioning and, and sending out our condolences really to the family. Uh, and, and when I say family, we're, we're definitely the family, the close family of Adam Johnson, but also the hockey communities of UMD as well as uh, Hibbing. And uh, no certainly questioned uh, his, the team that he was playing for over in the UK, I believe it was Nottingham, if I, mm-hmm. if I caught that correct. Um, for those of you who may have missed it, I can't imagine that you did not. But in case you did, um, a former UMD Bulldog did pass away after essentially uh, a, a crazy sort of accident on the ice. Um, we're pretty much we're going to hold the details there, I think, for folks who do want to take a little more luck and do what they can. But I think for us here on the Soto pod and NCAA, all of us here collectively send out our thoughts and our prayers to those that ever were touched by Adam Johnson, just a very sad turn of events. So I think we'll appropriately leave it, uh, it that way here for us, Drew. Just it's, it's sad. Hockey is, you know, it's, it's a fast, it's a collision sport and uh, it's unfortunate these things happen. Yeah. It's just, I mean, absolutely tragic. And I mean, yeah, no, nothing more I can really say beyond what you said just in, thinking of his family and the community and obviously it looked like all the outpouring of support um in the last couple days certainly looks like um he's going to be really really missed in terms of just how good of a person he was that's the one thing that i think if there's one thing that our listeners and and certainly you know folks maybe our casual fans of hockey understand is that you know the hockey community is very strong very close uh very you know shall i say it's small right it's it's kind of like its own little neighborhood so uh, i know that uh, all of us in the hockey community will be rallying around again adam johnson the families as well as those hockey programs that we mentioned before so without further ado drew um let's go ahead and talk about uh shall we say the the golfers here in the big 10 conference and I'm not sure if a eyebrow raise is enough to kind of describe what happened this weekend, but um, overall, if you're looking for a word, bad, bad. Um, I'd say outworked is probably the best word for me. Um, out hustled. Um, uh, I got it. Like it's it's tough to say. I mean, it, there's there's a bunch of different words that can describe um, what a lot of Gophers fans saw and you might be saying to yourself, man, that didn't look like the same team that, that played so hard against North Dakota. And I'm right there with you. It, it looked like a completely different team um, because North Dakota plays, I think a lot of the way that um, Wisconsin now is going to play and did this weekend. Um, it's hard, aggressive hustle hockey where it's like, that's, that's exactly what Bob Motzko preaches too. Um, as obviously being a team that's going to attract a lot of talent and a lot of natural ability. Um, he gets his teams to work hard. And I think that's one of the successes that the Gophers had all year is being up and down the lineup. They worked extremely hard. Um, I think 
they got away from that this weekend and the biggest uh, there's just there's a lot of things that went wrong. I think the defensive chemistry issues that we've seen so far this year still were uh, were plagued because um, I think the two the the at times two man forecheck that Wisconsin was employing was really really throwing them out of sorts. Um, they would make one pay one play and it it wouldn't get anywhere and then they'd kind of be forced into another and then they'd have two guys coming from both sides and it's it it forced the the defenders into a lot of a lot of mistakes and a lot of forced passes that didn't get clean breakouts or any breakouts at all and by the time the puck got up past their own blue line um the forward skating with it would have i mean to hate to bring football terms into into hockey but um not not a lot of pocket awareness there in terms of where i guess an edge rusher is coming in they would just they'd they'd be hounded before they reached the red line and the puck would be gone and they lose the puck every time. I mean, it was it was so repetitive that I I mean after the first period on Friday and I think the second period too, I said, man, Bob Bob's got a it's pretty obvious what they're what they're not doing right and they still couldn't do it. And I think that's a credit to to Wisconsin. I think more on Saturday for really doing it when the Gophers certainly knew um certainly knew it was coming and they knew exactly what they were all on the same page in terms of what they needed to prepare for. Um, but yeah, the Gophers came out uh, absolutely flat. Um, some of the some of the offensive guys were able to spark some life into them. I think Saturday, uh, Jimmy Clark's goal was absolutely fantastic. What a great shot. But um, they got to put it together uh, for the full 60. And I know that's as cliched as it gets, but they get they've they've got to. They've got to make sure that they can play with the Wisconsin's of the world because not necessarily saying Wisconsin's going to be in the tournament after seeing this weekend. Boy, we're they're going to have to watch out. Um, that's another team in the Big Ten they're going to have to watch out for now. But when it comes down to tournament time, that's the type of team they're going to play, only with more like a little bit more talent. And that's not to say Wisconsin's just lack completely lacking in talent. But obviously, they're in year one of a new coach and a lot of transition. But the Gophers are going to have to figure out how to play uh, against teams that 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 have that kind of structure because no hope of a national championship without it. And uh, you know, first of all, I want to say football terms are always welcome here on MNC. I hate to do it because yeah. I mean, football doesn't do bring in hockey terms, and I'm like, you know what? If they're going to stay to their sport, we got to stay to ours. So I, I hate to do it, but that's just that seemed the most clear way to kind of get that point across at least today. Well, we're about building bridges here on I mean Table A, right, Drew? And I think, yep. you know, when you talk about, you know, outworking, I think that's a cause for concern, right? Because there's teams where if you lose to them and maybe it's a talent issue or they just had a better game plan, I think as long as you feel like you worked hard, you feel like maybe you were in the battles, you know, you're giving it all, left it all on the ice, I think you would be okay with that. Not to say that a loss is is easy, right? But to say mm-hmm. that you felt like you, you gave it your all. The fact that you feel like they got outworked that's troubling right and uh drew when you talk about a two-man four check right um similar to um pocket presence right how about uh you know going through your you know your essentially your reads right essentially and one thing that hockey can translate is when the puck is on your stick or shall i say correction for those who are going to come at me before the puck gets to your stick but the play is coming towards you you already have to have your reads you have to be going through your essentially your one two three options if you aren't already going there that's a problem, right? So it, it shows that the golfers were chasing the game. And uh, I want to stick to this defensive uh, sort of topic here, Drew, because uh, you did bring it up uh, that they just, again, the four check um, of Wisconsin was really causing issues for the mm-hmm. golfers, right? Um, so I, I guess the big thing is 
you know, when you're watching the Gophers this weekend, um, do you get the sense that North Dakota probably put something on tape, especially on Saturday, that game two, that Wisconsin picked up on? They said, you know what? There's a couple of, shall we say, younger um, either defensemen. There's that chemistry that's figuring out we can exploit that. And it's all about some really just taking away time and space. And the Gophers, as you mentioned, just didn't respond well to that. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty logical um, explanation. I think, obviously, they're going to be a very well-prepared team um, with Mike Hastings and his coaching staff. But, um, yeah, they, they definitely have some – and that's not to say that I'm not trying to rag on on the defensive group right now. I'm not trying to say, man, they're they're no. garbage, and then they're never they're never going to be more than garbage. I think they they all have – there, there's a few, few of the guys, the the newer guys, the Renzel, Rude. I think some of those guys, they have, I guess, the prototypical offensive defenseman mentality, and sometimes that's that's leaving a few um, mistakes uh, just on the defensive end because they're so good at at carrying the puck and being really graceful up the ice and kind of bringing it into the offensive forefront. Um, there are some things that if it goes wrong, boy, it's it's going to be a mistake, and I think. Um, they've got a lot of time to work on it. It was good that it happened this weekend and not in the middle of like early January where it's like, boy, this is, this is supposed to be the turnaround and, or the the push to the finish. And we just sent ourselves back to square one. But I think this, this defense has the tools and they have the coaching and I think they have the system to rely upon to get better. Um, but yeah, we just saw, we saw Wisconsin exploit, um, not necessarily the worst of what they could be, but just, uh, not 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 the best uh go for showing um and i think that yeah it's just just like you said it's just preparation by wisconsin was was um great they knew what to do and uh they they exploited what they could and uh they did right and uh interesting of note here uh drew as we kind of go through not only wisconsin um in terms of what they've done pretty actually pretty impressively over the last what first month and since Mike Hastings has been at the helm now granted you can go all the way back to when he was hired it's still not a lot of time to put things together and uh, let's just say that if you're a, a Badger fan uh, I think you have an early season answer into uh, maybe what the issue was surrounding the the men's hockey team in terms of maybe coaching was in need of a change and uh, certainly they're looking like they're going to be a formidable opponent this season like you said maybe not a terminate team um but you never know, right? Sometimes you come out of nowhere, the Big Ten tournament. Again, you win uh, that somehow. You're an auto bid. So, uh, But where I was going with this is uh, Mike Hastings has caused Gophers teams fits. Um, he's historically killed Motsko's teams. So for whatever reason, mm-hmm. Mike Hastings uh, just has their number, right? And it mm-hmm. showed this past weekend. Um, but, Drew, to that point, and I think we, I wanna, we, we need to sort of take – our fan base off the ledge a little bit. Right. And that is good teams are going to have a bad weekend. And I think you already Mm -hmm. touched on this a little bit. Um, You'd rather have it happen now. Again, we're still in late October. It's still very early on. So, but this is, you have to treat it as if you're a golfer fan watching this, this is a great learning experience to know that if teams are going to come at you hard, a two man four check. Now you can put this on the film, watch it back and say, okay, this is how we're going to have to get out of it. This is a good teaching moment for these young defensemen. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, a lot of these, this is the time of year when the Gophers, especially when they're turning over, like it, it's a lot of, a lot has been said. I think I mentioned it last week too, but a lot has been said about North, North Dakota. Oh, right. They have the first time ever six new defensemen completely turned over defense, but 
I think with how well the Gophers defensemen were, I mean, for the the Ryan Johnson, the Brock Faber, and the Jackson Lacombs, I think those guys, it, it's showing how how much of a difference that those guys made and being in the system so long and being in college so long. And that's to say, it, it takes a it takes a little bit for uh like a lot of these freshmen to to build up build up their bodies to be college ready. And that's that's that always shows, I mean, historically with Gophers teams, especially um playing against the heavier non-conference teams that have 23, 24 year olds even on the team and they they're throwing a lot of 18, 19 year olds, uh albeit some undersized guys, but they're very talented. They still have yet to get into their full kind of their full college shape readiness, I guess, if that makes any sense. But I think we're seeing a lot of what um a lot of what they can make mistakes on right now and what what kind of players they are three weeks into their first season. But I think they have a lot of room to get a lot better. And like you said too, it's it was a weird weekend for a lot of college hockey teams. Not saying that you got swept at your border rival coming in as the number one at home. I think that's that tops the cake, I think, for the weekend of of upsets. But mm-hmm. um I mean Denver and Augustana tied. They went to overtime and tied. Yep. And uh, there were a few others that I was trying to scan through, but um, there were a few a few games that you say, "Wow, this is uh, this, this is absolutely wild how this happened." I think Maine beat uh, uh, BU. That might be it right. Did. Maybe it was a different. Yeah. So either way, I think college hockey is kind of crazy at this time of year because teams are still really figuring out where they are. And I think um, with the Gophers playing a really tough defensive structure team like Wisconsin right now. Uh, it was tough to say, not say Minnesota State right there, as I'm thinking of Mike Hastings. But uh, <laughs> it's going to take us a while, I think. Before yeah, we, to have uh, them play yeah. well, to have or to have them play against one of the standards of defensive structure in college hockey right now, and learn what they need to get better at right now. I think this will this will only help them for when it really, really, really counts. Because not saying that these games don't count, but I'm saying they can build themselves enough of a cushion against the other teams and still know how to play against these types of teams. When the tournament comes around, it's better that it happened now so they can play, play the, the improved way all year rather than, Oh boy, January, February, we're in a yikes kind of moment. So, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to wait till then. Right. Um, Drew, mm-hmm. because I, I mean, an NCHC rival that we cover here in MNCAA, St. Cloud, when they lost Dylan Anhorn, uh, took them nine weeks to figure it out. Uh, luckily, they did figure it out, but let's just say that they were teeter-tottering on not for quite a while, right? And there was a lot of concern in that fan base. I, I wouldn't put much, shall I say, concern beyond one weekend right now for Gophers fans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, again, it's about the IQ piece of it, right? You talked about smaller players um, that had to sort of, you know, utilize their IQ and their skill. Uh, geez, I could name a couple of different Gopher forwards of years past. Jordan Schrader, Taylor Camerata was another one that I watched quite a bit. Um, just, but, you know, guys that learn how to play with what they had, right? Yep. Um, and one last note of Wisconsin, right? I'm pulling up the Big Ten standings. Overall, they're 7-1 on the season out of eight games played. I mean... I don't think anybody had that in their bingo card. Uh, Michigan is five, two, and one. Ohio State is off to a kind of a goofy start, three, one, and three, yeah. five, and three for Michigan State. Gophers are an even three and three through six games. Notre Dame is four and three through seven, and then Penn State five and two. Um, and why do I say that, Drew? And that is when we talked in the preseason, what was it, July or August, somewhere in there. And I think I asked the question the Big Ten is shaping up to be quite sort of a, a holy heck of a conference and so far 
already through only about six to eight games, uh, these teams are showing that this is going to be a pretty well-balanced conference so far. Yeah, and I think we're seeing the improvements of Michigan State, Penn State's resurgence, even though they did lose to Anchorage over the weekend. That's another one of the upsets. You shouldn't be... Like, we saw the Gopher season end because they had a end prematurely one year because they lost to Anchorage, I think, in, in December. So, um, I it, it's going to be a, a crazy conference because, yeah, Notre Dame is still Notre Dame. Um, Ohio State's pushing back. Uh, Michigan State's on the up. And Wisconsin suddenly is, is way on the up. So, like, the teams are just going to be cannibalizing each other's records. And I think it'll be... It'll look a little weird, um, especially when you say when, when other conferences too are going to say, "Wow, how are how are some of these teams ranked so high, and how do they have such high pairwise rankings?" Because some some team in the Big Ten is going to have a pretty. It's gonna not. It's gonna be a record that doesn't look great, but they're gonna be top sixteen in the pairwise. They're gonna be top fourteen in the pairwise. So it's gonna be a really really tough year, and it's gonna be like I think a lot of those. A lot of those uh, WCHA years near the end, where it was a lot of a lot of really good teams, uh, just just absolutely go going after each other, and it just depends on which which of the few that you that you win and which. Not saying it's all puck luck, but uh, at some point when you're playing your best hockey and it just it's a matter of a goal or two, um, it's going to make uh, Justin Close's job even much more important. So, uh, and the defense figuring it out and the forwards putting, putting the goal home and um, we could go on forever about that, but yeah, it's a, it'll be a, an extremely tough conference. And uh, I, I think if you're a hockey fan, you got to look forward to it. But if you're a Gophers fan, you got to be, you got to be a little worried at how much, how complete the big 10 finally is. And I think they've, they've been the, the best conference in college hockey for a couple of years now, but I think, top to bottom it's the, for the first time it's top to bottom there's there's danger everywhere and drew I, i'm glad that you know we're having the discussion about parity and the pairwise because um let's just take another deeper step back right college hockey landscape as a whole is oh my gosh i mean you can't really figure it out right there's really no one team or two that's really you know put their proverbial flag in the ground that says you know we're the number one and number two team there is parity all over the college hockey landscape. The reason I bring that up is if you've got an up and down Big Ten conference, right? When we've seen already in this non-conference slate of scheduling, which most teams are going through right now, um, you're going to be playing UMD here upcoming next. So home and home, you'll be at Mirichi and Friday up at uh, Amsoil on Saturday. The reason why I say that it is these non-conference games are they're always important, right? We're not ever going to say that they're not. But do you get the sense that you know, the response this upcoming weekend against a non-conference opponent where, again, the Parawhites is so shaky right now. These games, do they have a little bit more meaning to it than maybe they did just about seven days ago? I mean, I do. I think these early season games, and I I don't know, maybe it is weird to say, oh, the Parawhites matters. But if you beat a team, if you lose to a team that ends up being way worse than you than you thought they were going to be, it's still going to look bad on the Parawhites. It's like going to really impact your Parawhites ranking. So... Um, we just don't, the, the bet, the only difference is we don't really know any certainty of it yet. So like, we don't really know how good any of these teams are. I mean, Minnesota Duluth just lost two to, to Cornell and that's, that's not a great sign, uh, when it comes to, if you want to, if you lose to Minnesota Duluth one day and, uh, they keep losing a few uh, games to teams that they, that they probably shouldn't, uh, and 
Minnesota continually feeling the brunt of Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth having a bad season. Um, it's important to do that now. And I think as we see with Wisconsin, the Gophers have got to hope that they're they're for real. Um, Cause then that those losses won't look as bad. Um, but it, it, it is important, especially this weekend to have the reset against uh, a reeling Duluth team. It really, really is. And, uh, you know, Duluth, kind of a curious case. We'll obviously dive uh, more deeper with our folks with the NCHC crew. Both uh, those guys are coming up here on the next segment. But, Drew, uh, from what we've seen early with UMD, they can score a lot, but they also can give up a lot. So there's kind of this high flying. Well, they almost remind me of Penn State last year a bit where they could score quite a bit, but they weren't really Lockdown defensively, which is interesting to say from a team led by Scott Sandlin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Drew, this presents another little bit of a challenge, right? Which is the Golfers again. Uh, we know what they're capable of. Uh, UMD sort of, you know, head scratching. I saw you do it uh, on camera there. I'm scratching my head. I can't really figure out UMD because at, at some games they'll score seven but gave up six. And then this past weekend against Cornell, it's like, who are these guys? Yeah, so, one goal the whole weekend. And yeah. exactly, right? So, you know, I guess, how should the Gophers approach UMD? I mean, mine is the fact that, you know, you got to have, you know, a bit of a chip on your shoulder because, again, you're losing to a, mm-hmm. a cross-border rival. That hurts, again, both against a, again, Big Ten opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need these games. So how do you approach a team like that? Um, I, They just got to stick to their fundamentals. They got to stick to breakouts, transition through the neutral zone, and establishing an offensive presence. And they need to make, they need to do that I mean, they need a whole game of doing that effectively to really, I think, not just calm their own minds, but calm fans' minds too. Um, even if it doesn't result in a whole lot, I think just protecting the puck, being making making simple breakouts out of the defensive zone and dealing with whatever forecheck you have. I mean, at this point, they've they've gotta they've gotta find a way to deal with whatever because I think the book, at least right now, might be out on let let's just throw Let's throw two guys in Minnesota as long as we can until they can't stop it. And um, as of if, if the last weekend is any concern, I think teams are still going to do it um, because it did force people into some into some uh, frantic, I, I should say, mistakes. And the Gophers are just going to have to they're going to have to get better at just at simply possessing the puck and breaking out and then I think that's a win for the weekend because I think then the goals will come and the offensive chances will come because we saw a few times there was a nod man rush or a, or a two on two kind of rush and then the shot would go off and boom, they'd lose it. They couldn't beat the defender with it on the boards and the puck could be right back out Wisconsin's way. They'd make it right through the neutral zone and establish the zone presence and our defenders or forwards or whatever couldn't, couldn't take it away. And uh, it, it made more sense to, to me to be like, all right, they need to just focus on breaking it out rather than Oliver Moore, maybe going back from behind the net and kind of uh, making the, the cutesy plays, you know, and obviously those are good at times and they have their place, but um, I don't think uh, Bob Motzko's team isn't built on, on cute plays. I think it's built on that fundamental um, champ and NCAA championship style hockey. And nor will those plays, like you mentioned, usually aren't Division One college hockey plays uh, that you want to rely on, right? For a yeah, breakout, right. They're going to uh, come when you're when you're playing really well, and when the I think when they're the other team is down, they're pushing a little bit more. Then you get your chance to to go up the ice and have an odd man rush and have the game breakers uh, kind of put it away. I mean, you have a guy like 
like Brad's, Bryce Bradzinski, all right, you're up 3-2, boom, he streaks in and just a laser kind of shot and just there's no hope. And then it's, you just that's that extra juice um, to really set yourself above. And that's, yeah, certainly not what team this team is going to ha- needs to be built on. Um, but it needs they have that ability. So now they got to they got to make sure they, they focus on um, getting those dirtier goals. And really, Drew, when it comes down to it, it's more about just simplifying the game, right? Sometimes when, you know, a team is giving you a forecheck as a player, you're not used to it, especially when you're maybe feel like you're getting a second or two to think about where you're headed. Now you're getting a half a second. Uh, those options that you're used to being there are not right. So sometimes when it gets to a point where, you're, you know, you're coming off a tough weekend, Yes, you've got some defensive woes that they got to figure out, right? But it's also on the forwards too, right? If they know that a team is up ice, sometimes you, know, you, you can't stretch the ice out to the neutral zone as much, right? Maybe you have to come back through the middle, right? Give your defenseman some options. Sometimes it's the 15-foot pass, not the 25-foot you know, stretch passes that work. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're stepping up at the offensive blue line, it's, you know, you're not going to be able to get it through on the rush, right? That's maybe working on some of those chipper little feather plays um, up the near side wall, right? So um, is simplifying the game with that. If you were Bob Mosco, would that be the message going into next weekend? Uh, just to sort of get them back on the right track. And, you know, it's not that we don't think that the Gophers are capable of playing uh, Bob Mosco's system. I think we all know and feel like they are, but sometimes when you get thoroughly a outworked, which cannot happen, and two, when you know you feel like your game was essentially picked apart, I think really just kind of taking a step back is the best of strategy, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think that's got to be. I mean, Bob Motzko doesn't recruit players that aren't ready to play at this level or aren't going to be ready uh, quickly. Um, and I don't think he he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been comfortable playing all these guys in in big spot minutes um, so far this season if he doesn't think that they have what it takes to to be on a team that ends up winning the national championship. So I think he has the the absolute trust in his players who all of them have an extreme. I think they have more talent on this team than they do. uh, I mean, in uh, especially plenty other big 10 teams, even though it's going to be a very, very difficult um, season in the conference, but they have arguably the best talent talent pool in the big 10 and as they should. And Minnesota kind of attracts that level, but um yeah, they're going to need to to really just simplify, think about the fundamentals and what makes what makes a good forecheck, what makes a good back check, what how to how to keep control of the puck through the through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone and just to make those plays that that create chances um to really think about it on a step-by-step process to to really just hit home that boy, we've we've got what it takes. We just need to put put the puzzle pieces together. And last uh, question for you, Drew. And you mentioned at the top, you know, the one thing that concerned you was sort of like the this the work boots were not on. It sounded like it feels like the golfers got outworked this weekend. Uh, good news is usually, you know, there's a speech and things are better the next weekend. But if this becomes a trend, do the alarm bells start going off in Gopher Nation that, you know, again, usually hard work will always most of the time in a game of hockey will win over talent. Um do you expect this to be a trend? And if it does, what what happens after that? Uh, I don't expect it to be a trend. Um, I think there's a lot of obviously. I think the leadership um, is is different than it was last year because I think they had a lot of older guys who um, were very comfortable playing at this level um, as of la- at, 
as of last year. And I think the guys that are coming back are really helping in that, but it's definitely a different, a, a different voice, obviously with how people said Brock Faber was just as, as a leader, um, as a player on the ice. Um, and that's not trying to take away from Jackson Nelson. I just think that it's a very different group, especially with just a lot of the youth on the team um, being a lot more at the forefront than it was, I think last year. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be a trend. I think they're going to figure it out. A friend of the show, uh, Eric Vigo, tweeted that uh, Bob Matsko showed them a lot of film on Saturday um, of all the mistakes, and uh, they ended it before the game was really close to over. So um, sounded like it was a long film session that showed a lot, a lot of vulnerability. And I think that's, uh, if anything, that's that's got to kick them into shape into saying, wow, we we really dropped the ball on this one. But um, Again, that's that's why they play the games, and that's why they play so many of them. Is that they they, they do have time to um, to really play to their to to their strengths and to their ability. And I think that's that's one of the best things about this Gopher team is that they they absolutely can be can be the the number one team in the country, and they can play like it. Uh, it's just didn't it didn't work out this past weekend, but I think they they absolutely have the tools, the structure, and the talent to get to that point. Um, of where they're just just firing on all cylinders and as as a as a top team in college hockey. It's not that you fall, it's how do you get back up, right, during the golfers? Mm-hmm. We'll be looking to rebound. Every team has a bad weekend. Every team. Exactly, right? Um, we'll talk about those in our next segment. Uh, you talk about a, a conference that's been up and down. The NCHC conference has been anything but predictable so far through the first month of the season. Uh, Drew Kovic, again, thank you so much for joining us and talking golfers as well as Big Ten hockey. Again, as we mentioned up next, it's going to be Max Feach as well as our friend Noah Grant talking all things NCHC. They're next. Stay with us here at MNCAA.